maybe just be wary of falling into the trap of that it's about saving the woman when actually it's about saving yourself. Then the automatic assumption is soldier, lawyer, barrister must be a man. And some drunken boys thought it was hilarious to set me up to approach a senior general, I think, and tell him why I thought it was unfair. His response was, okay, well, then I'll see you on the next call. Welcome to A Woman in a Man's World. I'm your host, Lauren Payton. Every week, I'll be talking to women who are working in a host of different industries that all have one thing in common. They're dominated by men. These inspirational women are going to be sharing their experiences, their advice, and their stories as we try to answer the ultimate question, are we really living in a man's world? I'm the founder of Unleashed Coaching and Reprogramming, and I'm passionately committed to improving the gender gap in the workplace and entrepreneurship. I'm a firm believer that you can't be what you can't see. So I want to create a space for women to learn from one another's experiences so they can thrive in the current world as we're trying to change it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Woman in a Man's World. This is season two, which I'm really excited about. And I've made some changes to how we're going to do things in season two. So as well as interviews with the amazing people that have coming up this season, much like we did in season one. The episodes are also going to be interspersed with solo casts from me, where I talk a little bit about how to actually start implementing some of the advice that is coming from the people that I'm speaking to. Some of the important, I think, tools, tricks, perspectives, exercises, and just kind of thought starters for you really on how to start taking some of these things and building it into reality. I think sometimes when we, when we hear ideas and, and suggestions from people in, you know, kind of short, sharp bursts, it can be hard to contextualize what that might look like for us. And so what I really want to do is be able to go a bit deeper with some of these topics and give you a little bit more. Kicking off the season with how I set my vision for 2024. I'm a really big fan of creating visions and doing reflection work, but I know that some people can find this kind of thing a bit challenging. And some of that challenge can be that the notion of getting clarity on what's going on can feel really hard. Sometimes I find that people who haven't done this kind of work before will feel like, well, I don't really know what I want. So how can I possibly imagine what my vision could look like? That can feel like a little bit resistant. Sometimes what's going on in the present can feel so overwhelming. It can feel so hard that actually taking time to think about then what comes in the future feels like that's a priority that you just don't have kind of time capacity for. And sometimes it can also feel a bit like it's more pressure to meet another goal, you know, kind of piling on something else that I have to now kind of think about and achieve and that can feel like a little bit much from time to time. But I do want to talk a bit about why I think it's so important and why I think it really helps with all of these pieces. So I really see creating a, a vision as a way to have a North Star for your year, for your decade if you want, for your month if you like. You can really work to a time frame that feels comfortable for you. But having that North Star means that you've got a way to guide you and you've got a way to navigate your decision making. You've got a way to determine what are the right priorities to actually really help with some of that overwhelm. It helps with things like boundary setting. 
If you know it's going to be really important to you this year, it's going to help you actually work out what things you can say no to. It really does help to get clarity. And we don't necessarily start from a point of clarity. What we actually do is create the clarity through the exercises. And once we have that, it then gives us that direction for where we want to go. So starting with vision work has helped you know, clients that I've worked with to get new jobs, to discover completely new career paths, take sabbaticals, feel much more comfortable about the decisions that they're making and the direction they're going. It's super powerful. The thing that I think it helps with a lot is this feeling of a little bit like being kind of stuck and feeling a bit like you're in that cycle of perhaps another year starting, another month starting, and it's starting immediately to feel a bit like the old one. And that kind of sense of like, gosh, time is really kind of moving quite quickly and and there aren't really necessarily the changes that I want to see. And I know that I want there to be changes, but they're not happening for me. This is something that I know really well. I've experienced this a lot for myself and, and I see it happen a lot with my clients too. And the best thing to actually do when you're in that space is to take some time to figure out what's going to be really important, to really identify that North Star, because then you can make a plan. The importance here is how can I start take hold of the power for what my life is going to be? How can I really start kind of claiming that for myself so that I can take this year and I can turn it into what I actually want it to be? And I'm not allowing the year to happen to me. And that's the key. We're not allowing life to just happen to us. We're actually taking control. We're taking some power. Now, what that means is we have to be a little bit intentional about it. We have to be willing to dedicate a little bit of time to dedicating a little bit of our mindset, our resources to it. And that's the only way that we can get there. So give yourself a little bit of time, give yourself permission to do this work. You know, give yourself an hour. I've done this in two or three different blocks of time when I've not had all the time available to really kind of build this. So that being said, I'm going to take you through how I have done my vision for 2024 and our reflections for 2023. I'll talk you through some of the specifics that I have pulled out and what that's going to mean for me in the year coming up. The first piece when it comes to creating a vision that I think is really important is doing a reflection on where you are. And this is really about understanding what's really going on for you, where the areas of life that you are satisfied, where the areas of life that aren't really working for you. So I looked at all of the kind of key areas of my life and how the areas of focus that I consider are career, money, relationships, home environment, well-being, which for me encapsulates both physical and mental well-being, love, travel, and then you can also add in any other things that are important to you. So it could be creativity, it could be sex, it could be fun, whatever it might be. Think about what are the important areas for you. I assessed all of these different areas and then I also particularly focused on what my achievements were in those, in those spaces. So for example, I invested very heavily in my mental and physical well-being and that is a big achievement. For me, the results that I had seen from that decision, I've really moved into a space of allowing myself to be held and supported instead of always feeling that I need to hold and support others, which was undoing an awful lot of old programming that I was holding on to. Set some really powerful boundaries to help support me in what's next. And some of those boundaries are my own personal ones about what I will and won't tolerate. And then some of them are my boundaries with other people, with my work and so on and so forth. 
I also signed my highest value client and had the highest revenue year for my business so far. What's really useful here once we start to build this up is to look at what are the connections between the things, particularly those that have gone well, but also the things that we've been less satisfied with. And for me here, there's no coincidence that the first three things I've talked about here in terms of investment in my well-being, releasing some of the old programming and boundaries, have had a knock-on impact on the best year for the business. And part of the reason why I made those choices from my 2023 vision was because I wanted to grow and scale my business further. I wanted to be serving more women. I wanted to be working better. And I really felt like there was something within me that was in the way. And I recognized that I had some important work that I needed to do in order to be able to get my business to the level that I really wanted to be at. So in order to make that vision, how did I start making those choices in order to get there? And I'll kind of talk a little bit about how that maps out for 2024. The next thing I did was write a list of I'm releasing from 2023 that I don't need to take or I choose not to take into 2024. What I did with this was I wrote this list and then actually I burned it safely, obviously. Uh, So I burned it and took some time during that process to make it a little bit of a ritual to really kind of focus in on the things that I I'm releasing how they might have actually served me, what I might have learned from them, having feeling into that gratitude, and then in the burning, allowing that feeling of release to come in. This is just like a really lovely exercise to do because it starts to feel a little bit more real. Now, obviously, because I did burn them, I don't have the actual list, but what I know was on there were things like comparison to others, self-doubt, guilt, overwhelm caused by the pressure that I put on myself, perfectionism allowing my power to be given or taken away. Then it was all about writing a gratitude letter to 2023. So I know a lot of people had a really challenging 2023. I'm certainly no exception to that. For whatever reason, it seems to have been quite a tough year as a collective. Obviously, we've had wider, bigger global implications that have just simply impacted everyone, but I think also on deeper personal levels for so many people. There have been some things that have been tough. Sitting in gratitude for the good things that have still come in the midst of things that are challenging, it's really important. It's really important for me to kind of end the year feeling like, although these things have been hard, there have perhaps been some gifts within them. What's the gratitude that I have for the ability to invest in myself, the experiences perhaps that were hard, that have allowed me to get to this place that I'm at now, the gratitude that I have for my family, my partner, my friends who've really held and supported me through some things that have been difficult. My home has been consistently a safe space and I'm really grateful that I have that. I've also built a much deeper understanding of myself, how some of my stories have informed who I am and how they've started to take shape and what I've been able to undo. And a lot of the learnings that I've taken really, I deeply believe are making me better at the work that I do and how I'm able to serve the women that I work with. So whilst the year has been quite difficult and challenging, and there are certainly some pieces that I would love to have done without, actually, there are still some things that I can take from that. The gratitude piece, I think it's important to know, is it's not about creating like a false sense of positivity. We're not trying to kind of turn something that was rubbish into something positive. We can still acknowledge that something was hard. We can still acknowledge that we didn't like it, that we don't want to go through it again. It's more about looking at where are the, firstly, like where are the just the beautiful moments that have come in between the tough ones? And then when we're at that point, looking at where we might have 
learned and grown and taken something positive from the tough experience. Sometimes that needs a little bit of time for us to get to that point. So if you're not quite at that stage yet, then I would encourage you just to look at where are the little moments of light that have come in between the moments that are tough. Don't try and kind of push yourself into something that feels uncomfortable if you're not quite ready to feel into what might have been some of the good things that could have come from this or the new standards that you have and that sort of thing. Just take that piece at your own pace. Then once we kind of looked at 2023, then I start looking at what I want from 2024. And the way I begin this is starting actually with feelings and not achievements. So rather than kind of being specific on, okay, well, I want to earn this much money from my business. I want to save this amount of money. I, you know, I want to travel to X, Y, Z specific places. Really start making a list of words of things that I want to have, that I want to be, that I want to feel. So for me, the words that I have are expansive, abundant, joyful, in demand, clarity. And what that starts to do is allow the feelings to take shape. Then I write a gratitude letter to 2024 as if the year is done. I write it as if I'm writing it on the 31st of December. And I'm tuning into all of those feelings and actually see how this might start to take shape. So I'm going to read you a little bit of mine. I'm not going to read you all of it. Some of it's private. But I'm going to give you a little taster of what it sounds like. Dear 2024, what a year you've been. After doing so much work in 2023, I've stepped into a version of myself and my life that I love and cherish in new ways. I am so grateful for the abundance of love that I have, for the thriving relationship I have with my partner, for my family, for my friends, for the relationships I have that are growing stronger and more balanced for us all. My finances are abundant and in flow with regular income, big cash and strong savings behind us to invest in our future. Work has felt easy, focused and clear this year. I'm truly myself in this new space. I'm so happy and grateful for the abundant, expansive and joyful year I've had. I can't wait for more in 2025. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you can see how this kind of starts to shake shape. It's getting a little bit more specific from those feelings. But again, it doesn't have to be really, really crisp at this point. But then it's about what are you spending your time on? So once you have this idea of, okay, well, this is what I'm really grateful for in 2024. In order to get there, what have I needed to spend my time on? Like, what does my day look like? How am I committing to myself? So the important things for me when it comes to work, for example, are slowness, focus and clarity. So I focus on one thing at a time. I don't try and do it all. I really value moving at a pace that ensures I'm managing my stress levels, managing overwhelm and supporting my mindset. This in turn actually means I can do more. It also allows me to dance with uncertainty in new ways, which is an incredibly important theme for me this year. The next piece is what are my commitments to myself this year in the different areas of my life? So what am I committing to in order to help ensure that these things happen on a daily basis? I have clear habits and priorities. My focus is very clear. That allows me to just choose one thing each time. I'm investing in support to scale my business even further in 2024. And again, this allows me to focus. So if I don't want to have to be doing everything, which is absolutely what can happen when you are a, a business founder and it's when it's primarily just you, in order to be in a place where I'm not doing everything and I'm really managing my stress, supporting my mindset, growing the business I want to do in the way that I want to do, what that means is investing in support to scale the business even more in 2024. I'm investing time in my mindset and my well-being every single day. 
I'm showing kindness and patience to myself as well as others. And I commit to taking responsibility for my shit and ensuring that all my power is continuously called back to me every single day versus allowing that power to sit with others. Now we move into what do we need to do in order to actually mean this. So how can I get into more specifics? So last year, one of the key things that I needed to do in order to achieve my goals was to bring in support from people who could help with my well-being. That was my number one priority for the last half of last year. I invested a lot in therapy. I invested in trauma relief breath work. I did physio. I had acupuncture in order to get that kind of level of support and that level of healing that was really important. This year, it's about the people that I already have in my life, acknowledging that I can get support emotionally from them. As I said, bringing in help to scale the business is going to be really important. What do I need to do in terms of my diary to support the time that I want to have? If I know that there are certain things that are important to me, how can I start making them happen? How can I make appointments earlier? How can I sign up to the right spaces? How can I be in front of the right people? Once we have this idea as the vision, we want to make sure that we actually know, like, what does this look like? How am I actually going to achieve that on a monthly basis? Um, You can start breaking your vision down into goals. I don't necessarily do that as part of my vision process because I quite like that to feel like something that's quite big and expansive. And then the goal setting for me is kind of a separate exercise where I look at, okay, what does each month mean in order to hit that? Particularly from the business point of view, that's where I get really specific about my goals. But I'm starting to overlay much more in terms of my my life as a whole because all of these things, as I said before, all of these things interlock together in so many different ways. And then the final piece is writing a mantra for the year. The mantra is something that you can use as a reminder of the things that you want to call in, the commitments that you're making to yourself, help you stay on the right path. And it's something to keep close to you and just keep reminding yourself of. Mantra can sometimes feel a bit spiritual for some people. This can be just a commitment. This can be an affirmation statement, you know, however you want to see it. What you want to do is you want to write this in the present and you want to write it in very positive phrases as if it's already been done. So my mantra for this year is, I am expansive. Joy and abundance are my birthright. I am safe in slowness and peace and in the dance with uncertainty. My path is perfect because it is mine. What this is doing is really kind of tying in with what my greater vision is. It's tying in with a lot of the things I'm calling in. It's acknowledging the positive move forward from some of the things I've let go. So this gives me something that I can just hold close and keep as a reminder of what my vision is basically for the rest of the year. And there are other things that you can do to support this. You know, you can bring in a regular habit of, you know, I'm doing this on a quarterly basis. I tend to do this really as as a ritual. So, you know, I have candles burning and I will be, you know, drinking some delicious cacao, which is what I did for this session. I will smudge the space and clear out the energy. I will do some gentle breathing. I might do a visualization. It becomes something that feels like quite special because the future that you want does get to feel really special. And making the decisions to create that clarity is something that should be honored. And, and it's and it's right to create that space and that time for yourself. Um, and this is how we kind of start to make that change. We're sending a message to ourselves that, that actually what I want from this year is special, it's important. And I get to ask for that and I get to call it in. So I hope that that's been helpful. I will add a little guide into the show notes for the key topics to consider yourself when you're doing this. 
to help you kind of structure a vision. I would love to hear from you if it's something that you are doing and something that you are kind of putting together. You certainly don't have to do everything that's on this list. This is how I've put mine together, but you can also choose the things that you feel called to. Just do one of these. Do your own version of this if it doesn't feel quite right for you. Um, but I would say doing it is more important than it being done perfectly. Really just start and see where it lands for you. Follow your intuition and listen to what your listen to what your body and your heart is telling. And have an amazing 2024. If you would like to get some support with creating a vision for 2024 that lights you up and makes you feel really excited and empowered, I'm running a free 2024 vision masterclass on Friday the 12th of January at 1pm. It'll be on Zoom so you can join from wherever you are. There'll be a recording available afterwards. I'm going to be taking you through my signature process for creating a vision for that next level of leadership that gets you seen and heard your way. And importantly for me, we're going to do this without self-doubt, stress or burnout. The link is in the show notes for this episode and I would absolutely love to see you there. If you'd like to get in touch, whether that's to send in some feedback, ask a question, propose a guest for me to talk to, or you just want to send some love notes, which are always appreciated, head to beunleashedcoaching.com and you will find all the other episodes there as well. If you enjoyed this episode and you feel like writing a little review wherever you listen, then that is going to be great for your karma.